Yeah, welcome to Youthfluential Podcast. My name is Dr. Tony Rizzo, and this is my friend, Coach Pat. Topic of youth suicide. And you see, this is an extremely very important topic. Yeah. And uh, I read and, and heard on the radio this last week that 3,000 teenagers are attempting suicide yearly in the United States. And on Youthfluential, we want to say hit like and subscribe and hit the bell. Smash the bell, they say. Smash the bell, hit the bell, subscribe. And that'll be so important for us. Side, three thousand are attempting suicide, and here's another statistic that more girls than guys uh, attempt suicide. And one of the reasons why is because their hearts become emotionally hurt, and they think that suicide is really the only solution for them. And then. The third statistic is more guys, Pat, check this out, more guys complete suicide. It's, it's, when you see a girl, you, oftentimes these girls get their hearts broken by, you know, friendships, boyfriends. I mean, I guess today, you know, it's, it's yeah. difficult to say just boyfriends, but. Right. But, but you, I hear you said history, uh, previous society, uh, family history of suicide. It's the history of depression. So when it said boys and girls, the reason we're shocked is more boys because remember this: um, to be a man, all right, you have to have a man in your life, right? Well, it helps. Yeah, yeah it helps big time. So I think that's what we're missing today in today's society, especially when it comes to teenagers, especially boys. They need a leadership, a male leadership that's going to care. I mean, look at look at the family right now. I mean, I'm not got to talk political stuff, but if you look at a family, in America, in the early uh, modern society, family was important. But now, okay. but no. now, so just think about it. If a kid growing up without, you know, that leadership, that present leadership, um, it, it's, it's tough. Well, first of all, when you say family, Pat, which is a great mm -hmm. point, God instituted the family. That was the first God ordained institution. Right. Isn't it goes like this? God, church, and family? Right? Well, and, and so, priorities, uh -huh. uh, I would think our family's above the church. Okay. But in, right. in creation mm -hmm. of the institution. Okay. Okay. God, the very first institution that was created, mm -hmm. Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. First first institution. Mm -hmm. But I, I think. So it's a, it's a divine institution. I agree. But I think when it comes to suicide, people got to realize that suicide can be a bunch of, it, it can start at an early age. You know, well, it, yeah, I, want to, I want you to go back to that family thing, Pat, because, okay. you know, the missing gap that we have is male leadership, as you said. Mm -hmm. See, Satan is the author of confusion. Mm -hmm. And also, he's the author of chaos. And God is the author of order. 
and God oversees all the world and, and Satan. So if Satan wants to destroy the work that God wants to do, the first thing he needs to do is he needs to attack the first divine institution that God created, and that separate Adam and Eve. So, yeah, you're right. You're you know, right. today it's not Adam and Eve; it's Adam and Steve. Steve. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, and then of course the families that aren't Adam and Steve, and they're trying to have a, you know, a concept of a family that was organized like the first family, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Then we we had the father missing in the home. Yeah, yeah. And like, so when we think of fathers missing in home, Pat, we're thinking like, okay, I think inner city. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, lower poverty economic status mm -hmm. but here's the thing you can have a family that's middle class or upper class yeah. and the father could be living in that home mm -hmm. but because he dedicated his life to the unrighteous mammon to making the almighty dollar mm -hmm. he lost touch with his family yeah and it's just like not being at home yeah you can yeah. be there in body but yeah. not be there in heart and in motion and in feeling mm -hmm. because you're so busy falling in love with the dollar. Mm -hmm. Now, dollar's important, dollars are good, mm -hmm. but man, if you love that dollar more than you love your family, mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna take you away from your family. What do you think about that? Right, I think that's a great point because we have, uh, if you looked at it, I, 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 my father was one of the huge influences in my life. Uh, he has so much uh, that he taught us at an early age, you know, uh, about God, you know, God being the center focus of our family. Sure. So um, that helped me. And That's now good. that I'm teaching young people, you know, even if it's sports or in the classroom or whatever else it is, I'm trying to tell them as well. Even if that kid don't have a father, if he have a little bit of spiritual heavenly father, which is God, in his life, that can help without the father. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it happen before. Okay. Kids that raised by grandmother and, and just the mom sure. not working hard but you know what they have a spiritual leader the coaches the youth pastor those people are influencing them um for the gospel and they do help get them away from anxiety depression and stuff like that so yeah you know the thing about suicide also pat that i want to mention is that suicide is actually not glamorized but promoted yeah Oh, in the of media course, of course of course i mean you know there are these people that are some actually talking about suicide as an um not a good option but quote option yeah you know netflix produced that movie you know 13 things about suicide and you know suicide attempts went way high when that netflix movie came out yeah. and and you know the media has an influence which means they have a responsibility, mm -hmm. which means they ought to follow ethical patterns, but they, they disregard their ethical responsibility and just want to make the dollar promoting ideas of these things about um, uh, suicide and whatever else can make them money. Mm -hmm. Well, we went over it last week. We said, last week, I remember, I, I gave an example, right? There's a lot of celebrities that commit suicide too, Tom. Yeah. Now we're talking about teenagers, of course. Sure. That's a focus point. But if you look at it, these people got everything that they need, mm -hmm. they want. 
But you're missing that one thing. Well, emptiness and loneliness <laughs> right, and right. materialism right. oftentimes will show them how empty they are. Right. You know, here's the thing. When a person says, I want to commit suicide, they say that I'm not afraid of death. Yeah. I'm afraid of living. They have more fear of being alive mm -hmm. than they have fear of dying. But it's, isn't that... So, fear of being alive. Right. But guess what, Tony? What that's causes a, that fear? That's a great example because they don't ever have a purpose in life. When you have a purpose in life, there will be depression and anxiety. You will thrive. Which, if you have a spiritual goal or a spiritual purpose in life, my, the thing I usually ask myself, um, I ask my, myself all the time, is why am, I on, why am I on this earth? It's one thing to glorify God, right? So I have a purpose to reach people for the gospel, right? I have a purpose in life. They don't have a purpose in life. So they feel like, hey, you know what? If I'm gone, a lot better than being here, they don't have a purpose. I mean, these people, some people have money. They have everything that they want, but they're missing the happiness, like you said. Yeah, sure. People with materialism and overwhelming amount of materialism and, and I'm not, oftentimes leads them to craziness. Yeah, and I knew kids, Tony, that was depressed, anxiety, right? Sure. And they were, they were wealthy families. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And almost some of them almost committed suicide because of unhappiness. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter about the dollar. Yeah. Like we said. Well, that's just one factor. Yeah, leadership. I think that spiritual leadership that people are missing. All right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, suicide is uh, is happening. Yeah. So let me, let me uh, say there's a couple myths about suicide. Um. Here's a couple of myths about suicide. Let me share with you. Number one, once a teenager decides to commit suicide, nothing is going to stop them. Mm, yeah. That's a myth. That's, yeah. You see, they really want somebody to stop them. And, um, you know, and, and that's their way of calling out, of saying, I need, I need, a, I have a deep need of love. I have a deep need of assurance. I have a deep need of acceptance. And if they can get their cup filled of assurance, acceptance, and love, oftentimes that suicide uh, decision will be curved, if not ended. You know? So don't ever think that uh, once he's made that decision, nothing's going to stop him. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what we say around here in Morton. We're in, uh, right outside South Philly. Yeah. Somebody says something stupid. We say, That's crazy talk. Yeah. Nobody talks like that. Okay, number two. If you're, if you as a teenager or if you're a teenager, if you or they are planning to commit suicide, you might simply plant the idea in their head. Some people think, oh, just go ahead. You want to go commit suicide? Just go ahead and do it. Get it over with. So, Here's the thing. Don't plant that in their head. Don't say things to them. Don't use ideas that may have a self-prophecy. You know, that's a, that's a wickedness. And even though self-prophecy may be a myth of about suicide, it's also, um, sometimes they say, oh, okay, you want me to do it? Okay, fine. And then, and they may actually attempt, and actually, if they're not completing it, they do hurt themselves. Yeah, and, and people got to look for signs. 
Oh, yeah. That's what this next one is. Most kids talk about suicide just to get attention. So that's a major sign. Mm -hmm. So it's best to ignore it when it comes up. That's a myth. Don't ever ignore it. So, you know, I took a, a counseling and uh, master's in counseling and family, and uh, we talked about suicide. And here's the number one rule. If you're listening out there today and you know somebody who's thinking about suicide, here's the number one rule. You ready? If somebody says, I want to commit suicide, never take that as a joke. Mm -hmm. Never think that that's just some harmless statement mm -hmm. that they're going to just, you know, shake off, you know, by the next day or they're just saying that for attention. Of course they're saying that for attention. And of course in another day they may change. But here's the thing. If they say it, that's a red flag. That's a flag at the flagpole. You now have a responsibility to help that person get help. You may not be able to be, give them the solving of their problem, but you can help them get help. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so one time I ran into this girl. Did I tell you about the, the young lady that was a nationwide uh, famous singer, celebrity? No. I, I, I don't want to share her name, but if I mention her name, 90% of everybody on this YouTube and Facebook would know. Okay, nation, national, some in some places, international, in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. Um, and in Europe. A famous singer. And when she was a young lady, just like around 23, 24 years old, mm -hmm. she grew up in Washington, D.C. Her dad was a pastor of a large church. And um, we were friends in college. I was married, but she needed help tutoring. Wow. So she was in a couple of my senior classes. And so, you know, I helped her with some tutoring because she was a little bit, you know, not as sharp. Back, you know. her, her, her tools weren't that sharp in the toolbox. Yeah. But she could sing. Yeah. yeah. Well, she could sing. And um, she traveled around the country with famous preachers and famous organized bands, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and she had plenty of money, too. But not money as in, like, you know, a millionaire, but money to pay for college and a car and all her bills and stuff like that. As a single woman in college. That's, that's, that's so, impressive. Anyway, um, she had a tendency to say, I'm going to commit suicide. Oh, wow. wow. And so um, I, I have a rule never to go in a car or a room or a house alone mm -hmm. with another woman. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I'd help her tutor at the library or something like that. But um, so she ran into me in the parking lot and she said, I'm going in my house to, to commit suicide. Oh, man. And I'm like, that is Yo, tough. Linda, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. You, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. You can't say that. That's against the rules. So I, I, so I said, knock it off. Stop acting like that. So I left, you know, and uh, I went over to my friend's house. And um, so I, I told him what happened. He said, oh, you got to go over there. So you got to go over there and help her. So I said, all right. So I, I went over. They called the counselors at the uh, psych ward mm -hmm. and I went over there to help her so I went over there and she walked in there make a real long story short she had a big handful of pills and she swallowed them right in front oh of me. man yeah she had about 20 pills swallowed right in front of me Ooh. and then um, and then she had this like I was trying to get all the pills away from her mm -hmm. and then she had this knife in the kitchen which I thought was silly so she wanted to go in the kitchen, so I, I had to fend her off from the kitchen. Wow. And then she ran in her room. She's going to jump out the window. And I said, you're just going to break your leg. Yeah. I said, you're not going to get it. 
So then she grabbed more pills out of her pocket. And I, so I had to wrestle her and put her in a full Nelson, yeah. and which is an illegal uh, wrestling move. So I had my hands around the back of her neck. And she was really a big, big girl. Yeah. And so anyway, I had to wrestle her down, but I couldn't let up on her. So I had to stay there until the counselors came. So it was like a half an hour. There's some other crazy things that happened that I, I can't really at liberty to share. Mm -hmm. But finally... Um, Counselors came, put her in the psych ward. What? This. <laughs> and she told everybody in the psych ward she was a famous singer. Oh. And they were like, "Yes, sure, we're all famous singers." So, wait, wait, so Pat, she said, right? she said, "She said, right, since nobody believes me, um, I'll put on a concert for you." Oh. And so she put on a concert for them, mm -hmm. and they were all like blown away. They were all like, "Oh my goodness, what do we have here?" Yeah. And so she blessed everybody. Man, but once cool. you get put in the psych ward, you're there for three days. So she got out. She was so mad. She never wanted to talk to me again. Because I called the psych ward on her. But you know what? That's that's the sacrifice you have to make. If somebody says, I'm going to commit suicide, you have a responsibility to get that person help. You cannot let go of that. That's a great example, man. And that's sad, but that's what happened. But you were there. This is what people need. They need somebody. When you see a child or, or somebody going through a struggle, self-esteem, or whatever we're talking about here, they need help. They need that guidance. They need that person that will be there for them. And, and I'm glad you were there for that young lady because if you weren't, all right? Yeah, who knows what would happen. Right. So... She she needed someone. She need like you said. She needed that attention. Yeah. That hey, I'm gonna do this, but people think I'm playing, but I'm really gonna do it. Yeah. And you didn't take that for granted. No. Some people take that for granted. That's what we're talking about sure. here today. You said, do not give in, and said, well, go ahead and do it. Oh, you're just joking around. It's not a joke. Yeah, that's when what kids, a lot of people think. When kids talk about cutting them. First of all, for a kid to like say it, that means something's hurting. Yeah. Even if they are attempting or not going to attempting, something really hurt them. Right, right. So you I gotta mean, make a plan to reach out. I mean, you know, we all we all can't do what I did, but we gotta at least make a plan. Yeah. yeah. To be able to figure out something. You know, go to their parents, uh, immediately find their parents somehow, some way. Yeah. And and, and get there. Do you, do you, um, before we go to the next point, do you think, though, um, it's an idea that Satan put in the people's heads that, remember when we talked about, like, you're nothing. Yeah, there's a demonic force yeah. going on. Yeah, it, it, it has to be because at some point somebody can get discouraged. Like, I can get discouraged about a lot of things, but just taking your own life, it just, like, Satan really have to, you know, inform that person. Well, demonic force is, you know. That's, we're living in a world that's oppressed because of the mind force. Yeah. And, you know, I don't care who you are. We all can think thoughts like that. Oh, Listen, yeah. I had a really close pastor friend that was a young man in his late 20s. Pastor of a beautiful church, a couple hundred people growing. Beautiful wife, had four beautiful children, nice house. Everything was going great. And just out of the clear blue sky... He went out to his backyard and took a shotgun and killed himself. This was this was like five, six years ago. Right. And and you know, 
it's like, what, what, what happened? And I don't know what happened. Sometimes people take drugs for a certain medicine that causes their minds to not accept, you know, continue to live. Yeah, I, man, that's tough. I don't know what happened to him, but that yeah. that's one idea. Yeah, yeah. That's, we ain't going with many. That's, yeah, that's why we need a spiritual enforcer in that personal life or somebody that's going to be the encourage. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and that family's doing well, but they'll, they'll never be able to get over that. They'll never be able to. How many, how many people have you heard that, attempted suicide or went to the psych ward or gone to the hospital or or completed suicide and it's a heartbreaker mm -hmm. but but we have to have an vigilance to see young people that are hurting that way mm -hmm. and then sometimes they commit suicide what i call unintentionally yeah i i think um but it's still a suicide. They killed themselves. Yeah, I, I think um, just to let you know that, man, it, it's especially working with teenagers. You never know what they're thinking, right? So I think that's why it's good to implement, you know, especially when you're when you're impacted like a coach or a youth leader or something. You, you know, you got you got to have these kind of discussions. You got to have these kind of discussions. You got to let them know that you're their friend. Yeah. And listen, anytime a teenager says something to you like, hey, can I talk to you confidentially? Yeah. Here's the answer. You ready? The answer is you can talk to me confidentially, but I have a couple rules. Mm -hmm. One rule is if you talk about committing suicide, I have a legal responsibility to help you. Mm -hmm. Then the other rule is if you're talking about something that's breaking the law, I have a legal responsibility to encourage you to find a solution to that. Mm -hmm. But suicide, that person is responsible to send that person to the psych ward. Yeah. If it's something that's breaking the law, they, you have a responsibility to help them find the solution to that problem. Yeah. I, um, so, you know, we, we, uh, we have to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. we, we just can't say, oh yeah, you can tell me anything <laughs> you want confidentially. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, and it's good. You are now yeah. held responsible yeah. to what that person's thinking. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. That's, That's intense. That just opened up every conversation and discussion we need to have with our kids, not just outside the way, you know, like you said, family. Have it with your kids because we never know what they're going through. Yeah, and you know what? That's a setup. Yeah. The teenager is setting <laughs> you up. Hey, can I talk to you confidentially? Yeah. That makes you feel like. <laughs> Hey, I'm this most special person in this person's life, yeah. and that they are going to talk to me yeah. because I'm special, yeah. and they're going to tell me something. You think that's good? Tony, you better. Let me tell you something, I, brother. Get that's the biggest trouble you can ever experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get there. So yeah, this is what you tell him straight up. He says, "Kid comes up to you and says, I want to talk to you confidentially.' Listen to me. This is what you tell him. Uh -huh. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You want to talk to me? I am an open book." Yeah. I'm not going to be blabbering all over the place. I'm not going to tell anybody that you don't want me to tell. But if you have some problem that, that needs help, i got to talk to your parents. And if you don't want me to talk to your parents, i got to talk to another pastor about it. And if it's a, if it's like attempted suicide, you got to talk to a professional help about it. I cannot give you the res uh, a complete confidentiality. You have to be ready for that. If you're a youth leader, you have to be ready for that. Yeah. 
coach, you have to be ready for that. Yeah. Some possible positive influence. Everything you just said, I hope everybody out there take that into account. That's what you need because you're going to have those experiences. So, all right. Well, you know, that's an urgent topic, and uh, we have to continue with that topic. Uh, so our our mission here at Youth Fluential is influencing youth for Christ. And you see, this idea of influencing youth for Christ means that we need to tell young people the good news that Jesus Christ can save them from their sin. Or save them from their anxiety. Save them from these suicide attempts. Ideas. When I was a little kid, real little, um, my brother said to me, come on, we're running away. Ah. I said, really? Where are we going to go? We're going to go down the, to, uh, there was the name of this creek, and some people may be listening, maybe know this creek, Crumb Creek down by Swathmore. So, running away from your parents? Yeah, running away from home. <laughs> I was like... Uh, you know, I was like eight years old. He was ten years old. Yeah, you go, nah, I, lo I love my life. <laughs> no, he said, come on. We're I said, where are we going? He said, we're going down to Crump Creek. I said, what are we going to do? He says, well, I, he had a little red wagon. Uh, and he said, I, we're going to go fishing. He had a fishing rod in there. I said, okay. And he says, and, we're, and uh, we have a tent here. We'll sleep out in the tent. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, he said, and, and I have a six-pack of Coke. Oh. So you got six pack of coke, fishing, and, and uh, tent. We were gonna run in a, in a little red wagon. You guys are gonna uh, mix fire and cook your fish. And yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and, and it was the furthest I ever walked away from home. You know, I got one block away from home. Yeah. One whole block. Oh man. I was actually crossing into the second block, and I was thinking, I never, I never been this way far away from home. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been this far. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've never been on this street in my life. I'm like, where are we going? Yeah. And man, I can remember it to this day, Pat. Every detail. Go every step. Yeah. <laughs> every step, dude. And you know, yeah. we got down to there, right? Uh-huh. And it's it's like it's like a mile and a half, two miles from my house. Oh. Right? We get there, we we set up the tent, it's falling over. He starts fishing. And I'm playing by these falls. Mm -hmm. These big falls are like 20 feet down. So I'm playing on the side by the falls. I'm just eight years old, and I'm playing around there. And I'm on the side where the big boulders and the, and the water meet, and and, uh, and it's all mossy. I get on the side, and boom, I slide all the way down to the bottom of the waterfall. Ooh. And, dude, I am, it's not some little waterfall. It's like 100 feet across. Ah. And I'm like... I'm down there, and I got water all the way up to my <laughs> chest, and I'm hanging on to this slippery rock. I can't get out. Yeah, and what's your brother doing? He doesn't even know. He's, he's fishing like a uh, quarter mile up. Wow. So I'm like down there. I'm crying out for help. Help! The waterfall's coming over. No one can hear me. And listen, listen carefully. You're not going to believe this, but uh, Pat, you're not going to believe this. Oh, man. Uh, I'm crying out for... I'm crying out for help. I'm sitting in the water all the way up to my chest, and it's like I'm just stuck against that boulder. And out of the blue, this African-American gentleman pulls over. I don't see him pulling over, but he pulled over. I see him take off. And he came over, climbed down, reached down his hand, grabbed me out of there, told me, stay away from the falls. <laughs> Got in his car and left. And I was like, 
I told my brother, I, I, Steve, I was like, where were you? I almost died over there. And he's like, yeah, okay, still fishing. Yeah. So we were there. I'm like bored to death. And it's like three, four hours later. And my brother, George, who's 71 years old and uh, today, so he's like 11 years older than me. He comes down and finds us down there. Grabs us, yeah, grabs a wagon, tent, throws us in the car. Say, come on, let's go. Mm. A little later on, about five years later, I was 13 years old. There's a big fight in my family. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, that's it, I'm running away. I'm running away. Well, your brother feeling, before y'all went to the creek, you're feeling a little bit fat. Uh, something was going on. Yeah, he he, so. he had a couple of rough issues. But, you know, I think he didn't really care about whether we ran away. He just wanted to go fishing. To go fishing. Okay. Yeah. That's I almost took your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, anyway, so I ran away again when I was 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so ticked off. And I got down to the end of the street. And I was like, all right, I'm taking off. Right? Yeah. And I was like, I'm hungry. Yeah. I don't know where to go. Yeah, what am I going to do? I was kind of cold. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, shoot, man. I got to swallow my pride and go home. I said, oh, and now I can't. And it's like, oh, okay. So I turned around, went home, went straight to my room, didn't talk to nobody. Everyone was laughing at me. I, I thought you were running. My family mocked me for not running away, Pat. Wow, wow. That's how much no love was going on. Oh, we thought you were going to run away. I'm like, I'm trying to run away, and they're laughing at me. They're laughing at me, Pat. That's, that's what I grew up with. Yeah, wow, wow. My mom! This guy's going through a turmoil, but we're going to laugh at him. And, uh, yeah. I mean... This, like the example you just gave, if everybody out there just listened to those simple clues, yeah. there's some clues in there yeah. that man make the red flags. Yeah, I didn't have that male leadership. There you go. That was the number one clue I was thinking. Yeah. Two, they thought it was a joke. We just said it here, right? Yeah. Oh, we thought you were gonna run away. We thought you were gonna do this. Mm -hmm. It's not a joke. They weren't taking things seriously that had clues yeah. that could hurt your life. And I was I was on a crash course for more trouble. Just I was, that was the first day of the beginning of lots of trouble. Yeah, yeah man. And if well, somebody would just say, hey, you know what, there's a kid there. Those two stories are powerful. I heard Collins here to hear them. <laughs> yeah. But uh that that's Tony, that's great, man. That's great. You know what? We're gonna jump into our second point. I don't know how we got on running away, but that had a lot to do with suicide. Yes, yes. Because that's what suicide is, they're running away. They don't know where to go. So we have a responsibility to look for the clues yeah. and to care for them and to love them. All right, here's the other thing, you ready? Um this is a big urgent topic. And the, and the number two urgent topic that we're dealing with today in a mass amount is physical and digital bullying. You heard me, bullying. Hot youth thought topic today. We need to urge young people to be aware of falling into the trap of bullying. A lot of young people bully, they don't even know they're bullying. Yeah, well, until well, someone points it out to them. Yeah, well, it's. It's very clear that we're in the technology world. Right well, that's the so, uh, digital bullying. Yeah, so. But there's physical bullying. Right. So. I mean, physical, you're not going to see that a lot anymore, you know. 
I want to destroy somebody. Well, those young people killed that girl in that bathroom in, in that public school in Delaware yeah, yeah. two years ago. And that yeah. court case was just settled about three months ago. Yeah. And those two teenage girls killed that girl in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And they got and, set, they got life but, but, as an adult. But others was there watching. This is and what's others sick. were there watching. This is what's sickening. When we talked about... That's in our own backyard. That's yeah. national news in Wilmington, Delaware. When people don't realize what we're talking about and take this account, these are what these kids are going through. And kids now don't have sympathy for each other. Man. Sympathy. And it's so quick to hate. Yes. Yes. And wish it comes to the root of everything Satan. Yeah. Well, Satan's the father, author of, of confusion. Yeah. And the father of lies, as we discussed last yeah. week. You you have a point in here. Um, it said the top risk I went down uh, factor for bullying is teenager who is perceived as a different. I'm um, different from his of her peers. Peers, the word peers is very important. For me. All right, we can influence a teenager, right? Yeah. For God, we can we can push, we can do this, but peers, man. Uh, there has so much pure pressure now yeah. that is leading to those uh, depression, self-esteem, anxiety, drugs, alcohol. Because somebody, the thing is cool. That's the new norm now. So um, the physical bullying comes too from, hey, you know what? I'm stronger than you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger and I'm better than you. So those things are coming because... We have a society say, hey, you know what? If you're not doing those things, you're not cool. See what I'm saying? So that that's that's what I see. Well, that's the, so you have two sides of that peers. One side of the peers encouraging those peers to bully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of those peers are saying that, um, you know, they, they, they shouldn't bully, but they get enthused. Mm -hmm. They get motivated they get inspired by the evil i remember one time i was in eighth grade and, and um and i was riding on the bus with the senior high and there was this girl and i always thought she was real pretty and um but i was like 95 pounds soaking wet you didn't bully her did you tell me i was 95 pounds soaking <laughs> wet in eighth grade and i thought i was weighing a lot I barely got over 95. I remember going out football team. I'm number 20. 95. Some days 93. They're like, okay, you're lightweight. You're in the back. Right? So, so this girl, she was like a senior. And I remember riding on the bus with the seniors. And a personal, not friend, but a person who I knew very close, uh, told that girl, listen, Tony's different. You could probably beat him up. And she was like, oh, yeah, I could beat him up. And so she got off at my bus stop, not the normal bus stop that she gets off at. I knew, okay, we got, I'm in, I'm in a, trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> so they're like, hey, and, and, they, and they surrounded me. So I couldn't escape. And they pushed me in the back. And this girl's like, I want to take it. I said, why do you want to beat me up? I'm, I, I like you. You're my friend. I'm your, I never did anything wrong to you. And they're like, it don't matter. You're going to have to take me. And man, that girl came and punched me in the head. And I went down. And I, was, I was down and I was looking at this other person who 
encouraged that girl to do it. I was like, what the heck's the matter with everybody? Yeah. They want to, it's beat up Tony Day. Yeah, it's, it's man. It's, and they, they just do it out of like, they get a pleasure and a yeah. joy out of it. So I got up, busted through the line, ran home. You know, weird thing about that story? It was like a year after I graduated. She was like three years older than me. We actually went out on a date. Wow. And we yeah. talked about that Man. and we laughed. Man, you but, got beat up and got a date out of her. And I got a date out of her. <laughs> and uh, she was a pretty girl. But the thing about it is we were both, you know, not walking with the Lord. We didn't know the Lord in our lives. And we were just looking for problems. And, you know, she apologized to me. And, you know, that was that, funny and everything. That's, but that's happening every day. But that's, that's the number one rule. Uh, not a rule. That's the number one thing teenagers are missing. Uh, that spiritual factor. Yeah. Um, when it comes to suicide, when it comes to uh, physical bullying or digital bullying. I mean, you just remember this, man. Is there a person that'll break it up? You know, hey, I don't think we should be doing this. All right. Yeah, there wasn't nobody there to, to deliver me. Right. It hey. was peer on peer. That, there you go. Hey man, we're all friends, you know. I was saying, you know, we should love our neighbors, right? So it wasn't somebody there encouraging them, you know, spiritual or encouraging them positively. So if you look at, that's what I was telling you, Tony. People pressure, man. I, I look yeah, here. Peer pressure. It's 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 it's, it's hundred times more now than you and I. Hundred right? times. Right. So here's the solution. We as parents, as youth leaders, as adults, need to encourage students to stand up for those that are weak. Stand up for the smaller. And stand up for those that, you know, could be attacked and hurt. And if we could have somebody, even their own peers, if the peers of these young people could stand up and be a leader for the Lord and be a leader for their youth and be a leader for righteousness. There's a statement that you're not going to hear on the 6 o'clock news tonight. A leader of righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. We need people to say, you know what, there's a kid that being attacked there. I need to step in and be with that person. And, 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 and show the young people how to block bullying and how to stop the physical. Next week, we're going to look at digital bullying. We're going to finish up here. And I just want to say thank you for watching our live podcast. Thank you so much. And um, leave a comment and hit like. And go to our YouTube Youthfluential and subscribe and hit like on that. And that will help us promote our ministry with the algorithms. We need you to hit subscribe on the YouTube and hit like. That's the only way this ministry is going to grow. Could you do that as our friends of our ministry? Please do that. We're hey, you know what? We're going to close, but let me ask you, number one, if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the first step. You can't get help from bullying, really, without knowing the one that can forgive you of your sin. And I want to encourage you here today. If you would just call out to the Lord privately, you, by, you're listening to this live podcast, this video podcast, with your eyes open, your mouth closed, you can call on the Lord and invite Him into your life. Amen. Would you do that today? And say, Lord, I want you in my life. Please forgive me 
maybe even the bullying. And please forgive me of the attempted suicide thoughts. And Lord, please come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. Please come into my life and save me now. Would you do that in prayer today? I'd like to encourage you to do that. And leave a comment below saying that, yes, Tony, I asked the Lord Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. Would you do that today? Leave that on the comment below. That'd be a big help, whether it's on the YouTube comment below or on the Facebook comment below. Thank you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Peace and love.